Here we go. One more Dominion Sonship Live coming to you. Thank you for joining us today. And what I believe I have on my heart is what we have been trekking through the last little while and um, really a continuation of last week's message, which was the Holy Spirit teaches. And today that the title I believe I received was Word of Power. Word of Power. We wrapped up last week's with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll continue from there. But before that read, I want to go back to John 14 and just refresh, refresh, bring to remembrance what we spoke of in verse 26. And these are the words of Jesus right before his moment of, of departure in his last hour. This is what he tells his disciples in verse 25. Actually, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, that is the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance things that I said to you. And so we looked at a few, a couple of the words in this verse, uh, that the Holy Spirit will teach us. And that word in the Greek was, uh, broken down to that the Holy Spirit would cause us to learn. The Holy Spirit is really our understanding. He is the one that opens the eyes of our understanding, the eye of our heart to perceive the truth of the word of God, to, to hear the actions of his lead. He's causing us to learn. And then the way he does it is by bringing to remembrance all things that Jesus has spoken to us. And we looked at that word to bring to our remembrance and it was to prompt us, to, to remind us of that which the, which the Lord Jesus has spoken to us really to remind us of the word of God. And so I'll look at that verse I just read in the New King James. I want to look it up in the way it's written in the Strong's Greek Concordance. And then I want to look specifically that the Spirit has been sent in His name, in the name of Jesus. So let's go. But the advocate, that's the paraclete, the intercessor, the consoler, the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send, and that word to send is to transmit to send, to put forth in my name. Jesus says that the Father has sent the Holy Spirit in his name. In my name, I want to look up the word name, and that's a strong 3686 onoma. So the Spirit of the Lord, whom the Father has given to us, has come in the name the authority in the cause of Christ, in the name of Jesus. The way this word is used, it can be used in reference to character, in reference to fame, 
reputation. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us in the very character of Christ. And isn't that what Jesus said in chapter 14, just right above it in verse, in verse um, 16, where Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another help. And we look at the word another, it's alos. It is another, but of the same kind. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us in the very character of Jesus. The word study of this word name in the name of Jesus, in the name, it is the manifestation. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us in the name in the manifestation or revelation of someone's character. It's very important that we really understand this because the Holy Spirit, the way we experience Him is really through the experience of living words. And I was thinking, I was thinking how words are really are our experience, whether born again or not born again. The experience that we have in life, it's really through words. And um, I think of young children that are that are told at an early age, you're so smart, you're so beautiful, you're so bright, and they grow up believing that word, and it produces an experience of brightness. Or versus children that from the get-go would just doubt a terrible word of inadequacy, and so then that word traps them in inadequacy unless they become born again and then they, they take the power of this living word and they bring to submission every foul word. And so even though you might be born again and you have a brand new reality, you have a reality of the very mind of Christ, you have the reality of the love of God, you have the reality of the life of God in you. If you do not renew your mind from the carnal ways, and we all have been raised up in the world, even if you got born again at, at age four, you still, you still are living in a very, very fallen world. That is wanting to communicate words of evil, words of evil for forbearance, words of insufficiency, words of lack. And so really our, our mindset, our predisposition, our expectation is based on words that we have believed. And so now here we have Jesus telling his disciples, I'm speaking to you personally, but there'll be one that will come after me. I'll pray to my father that another comforter be sent that would also have words of edification. And it's not just edification of, of, of just a little encouragement. It's words of life. The way Jesus said his words are spirit and their life, the Holy Spirit is communicating words of power. And so the title is words of power, power words. And these power words that the Holy Spirit is communicating, that he's teaching, that he's teaching, causing us to, causing us to learn are, are in the very character of Jesus. And so he, Jesus says that the Father will send the Holy Spirit in his name. And that word name again 
was the manifestation or revelation of someone's character. That is as distinguishing them from all others. Singularly, he was given in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Peter, not in the name of Paul, not in the name of your local pastor or in the name of Desi or in the name of whoever. He was given in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit speaks the name of Jesus, the very character, the very manifestation, the very revelation of Christ. And that's why 1 John writes, John in his uh, first epistle in 1 John writes that that's how we know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. It, are they, the spirit of truth would declare Jesus is Lord. He that, that, that now this word is the full revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that which you're hearing in terms of a teaching coming from your phone or from your little, from your circle, your, your surroundings, or from your local church, if it doesn't line up with the character of Jesus, then there is a spirit of error. Because the Holy Spirit is not just where you shut yourself off in the room and you go hum, 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 and you, and you, and you, you know, you wrap the little genie in a bottle and you want some sort of a supernatural experience, just, just something, something. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit has come in the very demonstration of the power of the living Christ. He is bringing to remembrance the words of Jesus. The word name, going back to it. Thus, when we, when this word is used, pray, this phrase, praying in the name of Christ, it means to pray as directed or authorized by Him. It's not just your, your closing line of your prayer in the name of Jesus. You are authorized to use the name that is above every name. You are authorized. You are given, given divine permission to, to release his name on earth, to release the power of demonstration of the Christ life. The one that spoke over that storm and hushed the wind and the waves that obeyed him in that name that, that as he was a sleep at the stern of that boat in the middle of the storm because the peace of the Father kept him. You too can walk through a storm and be sound in perfect rest. Nothing disturbing you. A soundness of mind. A soundness of predisposition. Not to bow. Not to cower to the systems of the world. But to dominate the powers and the principalities that are affecting the systems of the world. You are from above you are a child of the living God and you have been given the Holy Spirit your comforter your advocate who has been dispatched by your heavenly father God is real your heavenly father has given you the Holy Spirit to communicate the power the nature the life of Jesus of Jesus so stirred up 
We live, we live life, we live life like little specks. When really we have been given this name, the very nature of Christ. So going back to the Strong's word study here. Thus praying in the name of Christ means to pray as directed, authorized by him, bringing revelation that flows out of being in his presence. This is what prayer is. Prayer. Prayer is you say as he is saying. You are bringing revelation. Isn't that what we read in Ephesians chapter 3 a couple of weeks ago? That we are now disclosing the manifold wisdom of God to powers and principalities, to the rulers of this age. And really we are bringing compliance. We are, we are bringing forth a word of power that is making everything comply to the will of God. And so when we pray in his name, we bring revelation that flows out of being in his presence. Praying in Jesus' name, therefore, is not a religious formula just to end a prayer or to get what you want in your little carnal flesh. According to Hebrew notions, a name is inseparable from the person to whom it belongs. And so when Jesus himself says, Jesus himself, that he said he didn't speak of his own authority, but speaks from the authority that the Father has given him. And then in chapter 16, it's where it's at. He says further on that the Holy Spirit would not speak of his own authority, but would speak in the name, in the authorized name of Jesus. Who are we? We are born again. We are born again. We are from above. And we have the Holy Spirit by whom we have been born from above to disclose to us now and us now to bear witness of this disclosure as we read in chapter, where was that? In, in chapter 15, verse 26. That, that the Spirit will testify of Jesus and we now will testify in verse 27 to the world of Jesus. And so that which we hear, that which we are of, the one that we are from, we are communicating from Him. Because we have the Holy Spirit who is communicating through us, the very nature of God. And so it's amazing because if we continue from the, back to the New King James in the very next verses, 27, right after he talks about the Holy Spirit being given in his name, being given by the Father that he teaches, he causes us to learn, he'll bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus has said to us. He says, peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. 
to I'll pray to the Father. He'll send you another comforter. Peace I leave. Peace I give. The Holy Spirit, this consoler, this comforter, He's the one that's communicating this divine peace within us. That we'll be troubled not because Jesus has overcome all. That we can be, we can be in a place of rest right in the middle of the, of the biggest storm of life. In life. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How would that look like? Why would that be so? Because we have the Holy Spirit given, given in His authority, given in His authority to communicate. Don't trouble yourself with this little matter. Don't trouble yourself with this situation. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Fear not, child. I'm for you. Let's now go to, you know, that which I communicate is revelation-based, and we can hear messages as these and get really stirred up. And then and then the message comes to an end, and... Uh, Sunday afternoon, and here comes one care and another care. A little strife in the home, a little strife outside of the home. Before you know it, you've lost all confidence in that which you just heard. Don't forget. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance that He has been given to us in the very disclosure of the power of Christ, in the very disclosure of dominion. To walk upon the water. To speak the word and see healing come to be. First Corinthians chapter 2, we read this. And this is how Paul walked, that he did not want to speak with human wisdom. He didn't want to have people's faith be in Paul. But he came with fear and trembling to the Corinthians to demonstrate the very power of God through the word preached, to impart a spiritual gift through the message disclosed to them. The very message of the Holy Spirit would have disclosed to Paul is being disclosed to us through Paul. So our faith this is chapter 2, verse 5. That our faith should not be in the power of, in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God, in the dunamis, in the miracle working power of God. That really, the name of Jesus is an ultimate demonstration. That he arose from the grave. That as he arose with him, we all, the brethren, arose. That he left captivity captive, that he, he raised all of us together with him. And in this arising of his, we have brand new life. And where he is seated, where he abides, where he resides, 
I reside and I abide in him, which we know to be the word of power. And unless I abide in his word of power, I will bear no fruit of my own carnal flesh. No matter how many little verses I can quote back to you, no matter how many memory verses I've crammed in my little head, if I do not have a, an ear inclined to the disclosure of the Holy Ghost, the delegated authority that's found in the word of the Spirit, that is the authority of the Father given to the Lord Jesus Christ, I will avail nothing absolutely and I can get born again and I can die and go to heaven and really have bore zero fruit for the kingdom of God. Because what does Paul write in chapter 4 in verse 19? I'll come to you shortly, Paul tells them, if the Lord wills as I will not and I will I, I love this. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up. I will know not the word of those that are puffed up. And you know what? He could have come with that puffed up word. The letter that kills. Because he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was well learned. And he could have come with that word that was, that really puffs up the religious mindset. Debating scriptures and not manifesting the word of life. We are called to manifest the word of power. So he says, and I will know not the word of those that are puffed up, but the power. To know the power. How do we know the power? By knowing the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's been given to us by the Father in the very demonstration on the, of the name, in the name of Jesus, the very nature, the very character of Christ to disclose to us the mysteries of Christ. For the kingdom of God is not in word. It's not just in mere talk and reason, but in power, in dunamis. And this is, so going back to chapter 2, verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. You see, allowing the word to dwell in you richly, as you abide in the way of the Spirit, where you have stilled yourself from the earthly care, where you have stilled yourself from even this thing of, you know, I gotta read the Bible, I gotta read the Bible, I gotta read this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I, I gotta, I gotta, this is what this means, this is what this means, this is what this doesn't mean. When you scrap all of that and you come to your first love, you come back to your first love and you situate yourself in this flow of love, this is where you encounter words of love, words of power, words, words of identity, words of resurrection and might and dominion.
And this is the transformation of the Christian. This is how we go from glory to glory. It is how we mature. And so this speech of the mature is not of the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age. For coming to not everything in the world and all that's found in the world and all their little wise sayings and doings and evil connivings and control and manipulation are coming to nothing. Whether in your day or whether should Jesus tarry and we go by the way of the grave, there is a coming, there is a coming to nothing, to all that are part of this worldly system, the rulers of it. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. This word of power is for our glory. The Holy Spirit has been given to us for our glory. For our beautification. which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, and this is where a lot of people in traditional ways quote this and forget to quote the very next verse. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, the very next verse, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, through his spirit that does now what? Causes us to learn by bringing to remembrance everything of Jesus so that we'll not be in the not no camp, but we'll be in the no camp. Not in the puffed up no camp, but will be in the submitted to the word of power camp. The no camp. To know him. To know him in the power of his resurrection. To know him in the power of this cross that brought forth a life from the dead. To know him as your resurrected savior, not just the little babe in the manger, but the soon coming king who would judge the living and the dead. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to know him as John became aware and acquainted with him in the book of Revelation where he thought he knew Jesus by handling Jesus until he saw the resurrected King of glory and fell as though dead. Who is Jesus? Who is the master of the universe? Who is the one that calms the stormy seas of your life that now lives in you, lives in you, that now the Holy Spirit has been given authority in his name to disclose the very life by which he lived here and lives now there? Oh, 
I just want to pray in tongues all day long. We're to demonstrate this power. But God has revealed them to us, these mysteries that no eye had heard, seen, nor ear had heard up until that moment. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Of course He does. Of course He does. He's been given authority to do so. Searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. What are the deep things? The unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what Paul tells the Ephesians, I believe. The unsearchable riches of Christ who now dwells in us and me and you if you're born again. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And we have now. And some read that like, yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm, I don't know everything. Only the spirit of God knows. Well, yes, he does. But he now teaches you these mysteries. You are. Disclose these mysteries. You're made to know them. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. And we know what Jesus said in that manner regarding the spirit of the Holy Spirit, right? We haven't received the spirit of the world, but we know that we've received the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, Jesus said in verse 17, the spirit of truth regarding the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So if you go back to Paul's writing here in chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, it all makes sense. We haven't received the spirit of the world, but we, we haven't received the spirit of error, but we have received the spirit of truth. The spirit, continuing from there, the spirit who is from God, that we might know, that we might know, that we might not live in blindness and darkness in the don't know sphere of confusion, but that we might know the things, the things that have been freely given to us by God, not to know how to earn a right standing with God, not to know how to make my way uh, better with so-and-so, not to know how to please man a little more. But what am I supposed to know? What is the Holy Spirit disclosing to us? The things, all things. That's what Jesus said in, about the Holy Spirit, that he's going to teach us all things. Panta, the whole, the whole. One moment at a time, he's teaching us the whole picture pertaining to our life. That we might know the things that what have been what? Freely given, freely given, freely, freely Freely have you received, so freely do you give. They've been freely given to us by God. God himself has given us a glorious, so great a salvation, not just to make it to heaven, which we're thankful for. We're thankful that we wouldn't have to even taste death nor see hell ever. 
in Christ fully, heaven bound. That is my place actually in the spirit. I am a, a resident. I'm a citizen of heaven. But also for here now, to know how to nav navigate a, a thorny personality. To know how to navigate your relationship with your boss. To know how to manage your household. To know how to talk to your neighbor. All things. To know how to pray and avail much for the kingdom of God. All things. To know what the word says. All things. Therefore, sorry, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches. A clear distinction between the wisdom of the world which comes to naught and the wisdom of God which abides forever. You have to know what are you talking? From what source are you communicating? From what moment is your persuasion given birth? From what moment is your persuasion flowing out of? The wisdom of the world which comes to naught. Or the wisdom of the word which abides forever. And we, uh, we don't speak words which man's wisdom teaches, but what? Which the Holy Spirit teaches, causing us to learn. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. And that's why... When we talk about these mysteries of revelation, you can talk to even a carnal brother or sister in the Lord, and there's just no understanding. And so the moment at that moment is not to, not to strive with them, but to pray. That God would open spiritual ears and eyes to hear and receive. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. And there is a, a maturity in discernment that we can actually grow in. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. No excuse. We have the mind of Christ. Let's go to 1 John. I, and then, yeah, I've got a few more verses, but I, let's see if we can make it through the verses in John. In chapter 2 specifically. Let's start at 18, but really focuses 20 and 27. I'll read from 18 to 20 and then maybe jump to 27. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, it's the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, but which we know that it is the last hour. Such great deception in this hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. They would have continued in the spirit of truth, right? But they went out that they might be made manifest 
that none of them were of us. What a stern word, what a stern word. Verse 20, but you have an anointing, you in Christ, you as part of the body of Christ have an anointing from the Holy One. Who is he? Who is he? The Holy Spirit given to us in his name, in the name of Jesus. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things we just read that we know, right? Because now we have the Holy Spirit and we speak his wisdom that we now know because we have the mind of Christ that the Holy Spirit discloses to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. No lie is of the truth. Can I say no lie is of the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth? There is no lie in the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth versus a spirit of error. And so I wanted to look up that word anointing. It is 5545 in the Strong's Greek Concordance. It's charisma. It's an anointing, an unction that we now have an anointing. We have an unction unction from the Holy One that's really causing us to know all things because he is teaching us all things, right? From John 14, we know that. And so that word is anointing referring to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit, guiding the receptive believer into fullness of God's preferred will. Can I say his word is his preferred will? We have anointing and unction from the Holy One. And this particular word, 5545, is used only three times in the New Testament. Right here and the next two times in verse 27. Let me do 26 first. These things, John writes, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received, the anointing, that's the word, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Meaning, meaning they ought not to deceive you because you have the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. What keeps you safe in this hour is the teaching anointing of the Holy Spirit, the unction, the spirit of truth that resides in you. They will bring to remembrance. They will prompt you in that which you know of the word of God. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing, this is the third time, but the same anointing teaches you, teaches you concerning all things. And is true and is not a lie. And just as it has been taught you, you will abide in him. And so what causes you to abide in him is his teaching ministry. 
just as it has taught you this action, this anointing, this charisma, referring to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit, you will abide in Him. How do you abide in Him? By the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. You've been grafted in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And now He is bringing to you remembrance the words of power that are upholding the entire universe. Oh my dear, I feel I can teach on for three, four, five more hours. But I'll finish in Hebrews and then maybe we can revisit all of these verses again and again and again and again and again and again. Hebrews 1. Where is Hebrews? So three times this word charisma was used. The 5545 Greek word. In verse 20 of 1 John 2 and in verse 27 twice there. And this unction, this anointing, referring to the teaching ministry of the precious spirit of truth. It says there's no lie in that teaching ministry. There's no lie. There's no lie in the Holy Spirit. There's no lie in that which he teaches you, that which he prompts you, causing you to remember his words. And as it has taught you, you abide in him. And so in Hebrews 1, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. That we now by the Holy Spirit are abiding in him. And as we are abiding in him and he's abiding in you because he now lives in us, he is with us and in us, we are now enabled to proclaim Words of power ourselves. It's so regarding Jesus. A verse, let's go in um, chapter 1, Hebrews verse 2. I've read this so often, we read it again. So now the Lord in, in, in times past has spoken through the prophets, right? But now has in these last days, verse 2, spoken to us by his son, now he speaks through his son, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word. He's speaking to us through his son. How does he speak to us through his son? The Holy Spirit. Didn't we read what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit that he would disclose in chapter 16? We looked at I mean, really from 12 until 15, but I'm just going to focus on um, 14 regarding the Holy Spirit. He'll glorify me for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And so now, in these last days, the Father is speaking to us through His Son, right? We have the Holy Spirit declaring, declaring what the Son says. Whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. <laughs> through whom He made the worlds. Who being the brightness of His glory. When you read these words, Put yourself in it. In Christ, your place in this lofty place of proclamation of words of power. 
Christ now is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding, look, upholding all things by the word of his power. All things in the universe, everything in the universe is upheld by the words of his power. And then it says, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The focus here is that he's upholding all things by the word of his power. And I'll just finish. I thought I was going to finish with this verse, but Ephesians 3 jumps up. So I got to come to, to places in the context that now through us, the son is speaking. The son that still the father in this last hour speaks through the son. But now the son, by the power of the Holy Ghost, is speaking through us. Speaking to uphold all things by the word of his power. I hope it all makes sense. I'm going to listen to this later on. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation to that which is so alive in me right now. Upholding all things by the word of his power. In, in Ephesians 3, who are we now? The body of Christ. Verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. And so we now, we now have been given this authority to proclaim the words of the Son, to uphold all things by the word of His power. And the Holy Spirit is through and through and through in this message of proclamation. It's no longer you and me in the carnal man living, but it's this Christ man, the empowered man of God, born again, the brand new man made in true righteousness and holiness that is from above, that now is part of this glorious body of dominion that we call the body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia. To proclaim the very mysteries of God, the very intent and purposes for this hour to bring forth a compliance to line up with the upholding power of the word of God. Oh, glory be to God. We are done for this glorious day. Amen.